Toe. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I'm James Haskell, along with my uh, co-host, Glenn Martin. We got to switch our screens up. Yep. Whoop. Oh, go ahead. You do it. Simultaneous. You see that? There but we go. we're back. Yep. Uh, outside of the rumors that we had uh, that we had uh, broken apart, we're yep. here, baby, going strong. Yeah. No. There's no riff. There was no disagreements. Um. No. Doing well. Doing well, Jimbo. Happy there's to have you even, back. Yeah. There's not even millions of dollars on the table to disagree about. Like. No. Me- <laughs> no. No. Certainly no disagreements. Me and Jimbo are just. <laughs> As good of pals as before his vacation. That's right. Um, Just a vacation, but, guys. But Normal welcome stuff. back. Yes, Thank absolutely. You. But of course, we couldn't let the show stop. You know, yeah. we had to. We had to. Uh, you know, we had to keep it going. Appreciate uh, DK and Cordell for stepping in and being your replacement for the week. Yeah, um, what's awesome. going on, Imam? Proud what's going on, Jackson? And I must say, uh, we did have a little bit of a scheduling snafu earlier. So yeah, that sorry was my to fault all too. those um, who thought we were starting a little bit earlier. Uh, we had to then audible and yeah, here we are now. So, uh, it's good to be back with you guys. Of course, it's good to be back on a day that mandatory mini camp was really mm-hmm. kicking off. The, the boys were back out on the field. It was nice to see the real full mm-hmm. complement of players, uh, be, being as though it's mandatory, uh, guys, guys, uh, showed up and it was nice to see, got to hear from some, some guys that, uh, haven't had an opportunity to speak to the media yet. And, uh, so it's, it's been a good day, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, it's always a great day when J.K. Dobbins is in the building too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Even though, uh, which we'll, we'll get into his level of participation, I guess, in a little bit. But nonetheless, good to see him out there and uh, present, despite some people's kind of like, what's going on with the tweets he was sending in the offseason? Uh, but mm-hmm. like Connor said, I'm so hyped mm-hmm. for this season. A little season. bit of Cordell kind of talking about that. Yeah. Uh-oh. We got some internet issues. You're, you got drunk face going right now um on my screen can you hear me got you okay oh, yeah here we go. Here we go. yeah yeah go. connor what's up this is uh this is uh mt bank connor right yeah i think so yes sir yeah. the guy the Close legend the season yeah, that's right what are you guys hyped about i'm i'm definitely hyped about the season that's for sure i mean i'm ex- i'm hyped about all of it i'm excited to get through camp and and yeah i mean i'm just excited to get on the field i can't believe it's basically let's see three months away at this point June, 86 July, days. There you go. 86 days left. Not Who's your favorite number 86 Baltimore Ravens player? Todd Heap's pretty good. Has to be, right? It's got to be. Yeah. I know is... who my least favorite 86. Wasn't Who's Heinz that? Ward 86? I think you're right, but he wasn't a Raven. But yes. I said least favorite player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's Heinz Ward. Yeah, Todd Heap has to be up there. But yeah, 86 days left, and we're... We're excited about it. I know that, that you are as well. Hopefully, we get out to a couple games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I can't believe it's upon us. But like you said, it's mandatory mini camp. There's a ton of pressers, ton of snippets, ton of things to talk about. Um, yeah. But listen, uh, where, before we get into the into the Ravens news, yep. quick quick one to bring this up. It's it's uh, already being mentioned in the comments. But Adrian Amos was visited yeah. with the Ravens. Uh, yeah. All indications visits went well, or, or I think he was just scheduled to visit. Either he had just had visited or he was scheduled to visit. I think he just got done visiting. But needless to say, he goes to the New York uh, to the New York Jets. They make him an offer that um, you know he couldn't refuse, including more money. But most importantly, uh, a chance to start because news broke today. It looks like Chuck Clark may have suffered a serious knee injury. Yeah, uh, with the Jets, tough. which is yeah. I mean, it's a that's a that's a tough blow for a guy that you know we certainly. 
uh, grew to like around here in Baltimore, and he had an opportunity to spread his wings a bit and play with a really talented group around him, including the best corner in football and Sauce Gardner. And it looks like he uh, suffered a pretty bad knee injury today. So tough, tough day for Chuck today. Serious. Yeah, that was a bummer. I saw that and was like, ugh, man, that's real bad. Um, but yeah, you know, in to, I think what we should do if this to Glenn, why don't we start with the note, the news and notes we field play the guys that kind of stuck out the, the, about the presser, the pressers will kind of go in that order. What do you think? I'm having trouble kind of picking up with you. Let chat, let me know what your guys is, uh, what, what James's quality is on yours. I'm making sure it's not on my end, but it's like, I'm getting some words and I'm not getting others. Uh, are you it's saying we should me. start with, okay. Okay. I didn't know it was me. Um, but are you saying we should go with the the notes yeah, and should, then address should... the pressers afterwards? Yeah, that's what I thought. What do you think? Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. Yep. Yeah, okay. Jimmy, the internet All is right, cool. brutal. My man needs an iPhone, man. I'm like, I'm a, I'm gonna bring my iPhone over there, bro. <laughs> bring my Android. Uh, full disclosure, I have an Android. Bring my Android over and have you tether up. Um. Yeah, J- Jimbo got that cricket. He's got <laughs> he's got that chirp chirp wireless. Uh, but no, I I think if we're gonna start into some notes today, um, and we're gonna, I guess we'll we'll kind of go backwards and address the press conferences, which actually took place before practice rather than after, which is a bit odd. Um, so so start with the fact that J.K. Dobbins and Rashad Bateman were there, but they were both on the sidelines. Um, so attendance, yes, but participation, no. And apparently J.K. Dobbins is dealing with a soft tissue injury uh, and they're just wanting to be you know, precautionary. But it's really disappointing because I was kind of hoping to see what he looked like uh, with his legs, see what the, you know, the level of extension looked like, explosiveness, if he had uh, some bounce to his step. Um, and then Rashad Bateman, man, it's just disappointing to hear. He, he, he gets sidelined for this mini camp. Coach said, all expectations are that Rashad will be ready when training camp comes around, and 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 really that's what they're they're gearing up for. Apparently, he had a quarter zone shot in his foot today, the surgically repaired foot, uh, which man, another one that's kind of uh, it's 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 disappointing. But apparently, the the shot wouldn't be to address. He had surgery for Liz Frank, and what I'm hearing is that you wouldn't get a cortisol shot for a Liz Frank injury, but a lot of times when guys are recovering from Liz Frank, they can have issues with plantar fasciitis um, and that a cortisone shot would be used to treat that. Uh, now, quick, uh, apparently that reaction is quite quickly and, 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 and can uh, you know be healed up. So the, the level of concern, at least what I'm hearing, is relatively low. But of course, any injury news on Rashad Bateman uh, makes you pause a little bit when you, when you consider you know, all the injuries he's already had to deal with in his early career. So hopefully Rashad's back out there and healthy, like coach is expecting. Um, you know, I know we're talking about the pressers later, but OBJ did mention that he's been training with Rashad, thinks he's in a good headspace. And so, you know, hopefully that is the case and that those guys will be back out there and participating, um, you know, in, in soon enough. But as for those who were out there, the big name, the big new name to the group, I think, was Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and uh, quickly, I, I missed this earlier, but uh, Ravens O's Nations just wanted to say, how about them freaking O's? Yeah, you know what? Quick pause. 
how about them O's? You know, they, they're up 9-2 to two right now in the fifth inning. In the midst of a three-game win streak, it looks like they're on their way to a four-game win streak. Uh, Gunnar Henderson hits a, a grand slam today in a sixth-run third inning. By the third inning, folks, every O's starter had at least one hit. By the third inning. So, pretty impressive stuff. Shout out to the O's. Uh, I had to get that in there real quick. Jimmy's on his way back, ladies and gentlemen, as he continues to try and fix his internet issues. But, getting back to it, Odell Beckham Jr., he was he was the person I think everyone was most excited to see out there. Uh, what's he look like? You know, post knee surgery. What's what's he got left? Some people say he was washed. Da, 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 all this and that. Well, I'll tell you what. Just from the few clips that we're allowed to see, I mean, he looked he looked like he had the burst when he went to accelerate out of his uh, out of his break. He looked like he had, of course, route running has never been an issue for OBJ. I thought he looked in the limited time, explosive, quick. I'm excited to see him out there. Jimbo, what what uh are you are you with us? Can you hear me? Can I get a Roger? Oh boy. Okay. Uh uh kinda. Kinda. It's a little it's a little robotic sounding right now. Jimbo Slimbo. Oh man, I love the effort. It looks like the phone is being used now. Um, yeah, this is, uh, he's still working on it, ladies and gentlemen. We need DK to go over uh, Jimmy's house because DK can fix all issues in the background, as you guys know. But uh, getting back to, to, to Odell. The disappointing thing is that we didn't we, – I mean, it's not disappointing. It's expected. Uh, but we haven't yet seen him kind of go up against Marlon Humphrey and 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 see what that looks like. Because I think that's the battle we're all excited to see is good versus good. You know, they always say the mantra, iron shop, sharpens iron. But uh, I, I want to see that match. I want to see Marlon versus Odell Beckham. I know they've had kind of – they butted heads in the past when they were on opposing teams. Hopefully they can keep it to a, you know, a highly competitive but not – not go overboard level in practice because I think both those guys are going to look forward to going up against the best that the that the, the team really has to offer on e on opposite sides. And then uh, another a bit of disappointing news: Tyus Bowser didn't work out in team drills and did leave early. Big year for him in a in a year where you know I think a lot of there's still a lot of people that say edge is our weakest position and a position we need to add strength to. Uh, if that's the case, then they're going to need they're going to need participation from from Tyus Bowser. So let's hope that you know this is more precautionary and he'll get back out there uh, as well. But uh oh, let's see, my man out in the car. You I'm know. here. I love the I'm dedication. In the car. I'm the Are you driving? This is insanity, dude. No, I'm not driving. I'm literally at my in laws. I'm at you know I'm at my in laws' house and. Yeah, no, just no driving. In the driveway. Okay, all right. Just sitting in the driveway. But we need Tyus okay. Bowser to show out because we got a lot of question marks at the edge. Yeah, and he's got the only way to show out is to participate. And he right now didn't look like he was yet. Of course, very early, so no no reason to be concerned. But um, definitely need to see him out there. Well, let uh, me ask you a general question, Glenn. Let me ask yeah. you a question. So one of the things that OBJ said, I know we're getting to the presser a little later, but one of the things he said to me was pretty telling about how vets view, even though it's mandatory, the mini camp thing. Yeah. 
he said, you know, it, he basically said it really doesn't matter till we come back after our month break. Yeah. Um, so how many vets just kind of view it that way at this point? Like, yeah, it's mandatory. We got to be here, but like, it really doesn't matter till we come back. You know, that kind of, oh, sure. I just, when I yeah. heard that, I was like, hmm. you know what I mean? Like, does any of it concern you? Some guys not participating. It just kind of relieves some stress for me. Cause at first I was kind of like, dang, we got, you know, some guys that should be out there that are kind of doing their thing or doing things on a limited basis. But I don't think I'm that worried about it after that. No, I mean, certainly not for veterans, you know, because most mo also what OBJ mentioned is that a lot of the stuff you see, no, you know, with, no matter what team you're on, has so much overlap. It's just a lot of times the language is just different, uh, which kind of got me thinking earlier is I wonder yeah. how many languages there are in the NFL, like how many different ways of saying the exact same thing are there if you really, you know, kind of look around the entire league. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that, the biggest thing that you can get to is just to, to further get to know your, your teammates, to get to know your coaches, the training staff, to, to get to know the surroundings. I think it's just more about a comfortability thing. It's kind of like orientation uh, if you're going to a new school. Like you're just getting the lay of the land. Where's the weight room? Where's the cafeteria? Let me get myself familiar with the coaches. What's this guy do? What's that guy do? You know, what's the – can I mess – can I joke around with this guy? Is this guy more serious? I think it's more about learning your teammates, learning the facility, and learning the staff more so than necessarily the work on the field. Maybe maybe you learn how pr practice will be structured because I'm sure coaches do so differently. Maybe they have ramp up. Some coaches have ramp up periods. So it, a lot of it's just learning how you're going to be practicing once training camp rolls around. Yeah, yeah, agreed, hundred percent there, and and uh, there's one hundred percent, but. Ultimately, yeah, I, I think you're right. And uh, look, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to these guys to come back. But let me ask you a question because I have some thoughts on my own. What are you looking for right now? What matters to you right now? Like if, in the, you know, what notes stand out to you that are red flags and what notes stand out to you that are like, all right, this is really good news. With the snippets we get from, you know, this OT, these mandatory mini camps and stuff like that, excuse me. Um, what are the things that move the needle for you as indicators, either good or bad? Does that make sense? Yeah, well, the biggest thing that you get out of these is is the health questions and concerns, right? Like I talked about JK, what's the knee look like? Does he have a noticeable limp? Does he look like he has extension uh, when he's running? Does he look like he can get to full speed? You know, a, a lot of it is is health. You know, can Rashad Bateman get through a few practices in a row? It's not a good start, uh, but again, we're we're not going to overreact to a mandatory mini camp in June, but. You know, a lot of it is health concerns and, and and health stuff to me. And then when you when you if you're if you're getting past and trying to ignore just the health stuff, then I guess you just look for explosiveness. You look for guys that anything that can separate a guy from his peers. And and you know, you, when you look at the receiver room. It's pretty clear when you watch OBJ, when you watch Zay Flowers, and and Rashad Bateman that there's a difference between those guys and the rest. When you when you look at you know the way Marlon Humphrey can you know turn and break backpedal and all, and all this everything you can just see the difference you look at the explosiveness off the line of a jabo albeit against a, a tackle that's probably not you know he knows that he's not blocking for Lamar right now but i think you look for separators explosiveness you know you, it, it's tough though when they're when they're not really in pads hitting each other yeah i would agree with you the only thing i would i would add to that hey, you talked about the health but i i want to see what they look like shape wise 
Um, you know, if there's reports about a guy being heavy, like I was glad that John was asked about Michael Pierce and we've had, look, Michael Pierce is an incredibly productive football player, right? Like mm -hmm. if you look at his career and his position, he's incredibly productive. The only knock Mike's ever had on him is two knocks. You know, he's right based on his build. I can see how you could stack on the pounds pretty quickly. So, you know, it was nice hearing that just as an example, Mike looks like he's in great shape and you want to see what shape your guys are in. The other thing too, is the mental, the mental part of it. So like, you don't want to see mental mistakes, even though running routes against air and, you know, and doing these other things in slow motion and doing individual drills and stuff. How much have they been yeah. in the playbook? How much are they taking advantage of the runway that they have to get out there now and say, okay, I can do this. I can do this at 100% because I know the playbook that well. Those are kind of the things that I look for as well. But outside of that, um, yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I just, I look at like, it's hard unless the coaches make a, a, an obvious, like they're so demonstrative that it makes it obvious the routes run. It's hard for me to see any of that. Yeah. Even when we're at training camp, because it's almost like, you know, like uh, the old, the magician can always fix the trick because he knows the ending. He knows when it's supposed to be over. I, I don't know when a magician messes the trick up unless he admits that he messed it up because I don't know when it's supposed to be over. So it's hard for me to know what was supposed to happen versus what actually happened. But I think you make a, a, a good point because what I'm hearing is that Todd Munkin's pretty demonstrative. So if a guy is supposed to run an eight-yard out and he runs a seven-yard out, he's going to make it clear that he, he could have just cost his team a first down, could have cost him a drive, and could have cost him points. So I, I, I think that it'll be a mm -hmm. e little bit easier to pick up when those assignments are missed, at least on the offensive side of the ball, with Todd Munkin running the practices versus – Greg Roman, who was relatively, I mean, he'd almost disappear on the field. You wouldn't even really know he was there from the from a spectator's point of view on the practice field. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Now, you might have talked about this while I was going through my Stone Age uh, Wi-Fi issues, and I don't have my notes in front of me anymore, uh, unfortunately, because I, I don't have my laptop in front of me. So, but from you is... What's going on in your opinion with the JK thing? Is it something? Is it everything? Is it nothing? Like, what's going on here? Like, I mean, I have my take, but I want to know yours, Glenn, because we haven't talked a ton about this. I was out last week. It's kind of continued to develop. Now he's come in and, and done some things. So it's kind of been sporadic to me, but overall, give me your, your take. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, man, it's hard to know what's going through his head. I mean, I, I think that part of it could just be the realization of the running back market in the NFL. And when you look around the league as a running back, you got to be thinking, uh, this is not all, this isn't the nineties where, you know, you could draft a running back in the first round and it could totally, you know, kind of change your, your, your entire outlook on your franchise. This is a, this is a time when a 20, what seven year old Dalvin cook is being cut after four straight thousand yard seasons. And, and also not, not just a, He's not just a running back. You know, this is a guy who can catch the ball in the backfield and he's being cut. We see holdouts from other running backs. It could it, it could be the fact that there's a lot of pressure on him going into this season, knowing that it's a contract year, that it's a a, a, a shrinking market for the position that he plays. And he's coming yep. off of uh, you know, two uh, he's coming off of a rookie contract that really has been cut so short due to the injuries that he knows that this season is so vital for him. There's a lot of lot riding on him this season 
to stay healthy and to be productive because he's playing for his his you know his next contract, whether it's here or elsewhere. So I think that that's a big part of it, that he has so much weight on his shoulders. And I just hope that he can just simple it and uh, kind of just get it down to its basic form. And as long as he plays well, takes care of his body, can you know keep himself on the field, that's really all that he can control. And, and I think it'll all work itself out in the end. But I think a lot of it is just this contract's weighing on him, Jimbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I can I can certainly relate. I, you know, I have million-dollar contracts on my desk all the time, so... You know, I, I totally get it. Yeah, no, me too, I'm, I'm Jimbo. Obviously, yeah, yeah, I'm obviously kidding, right? No, I, I – but I, I agree with you. Like, my thing with J.K. is he's got to get it in his head that he – he's probably there, right? But you can only control what you can control. Right? He couldn't control the knee. And you can be mad at other people, but it's not your – it's not their job to help you get over what you're mad about. It's your job. Right. Like, unfortunately, even if someone does something that you disagree with and makes you angry, it's on you to get over it, not on them. Right. Like it's on you because it's hurting you. So, you know, if there's that, he's he's got to work through it. And like you said, I mean, just being present and saying, all right, I couldn't control the knee. I couldn't you know, I couldn't control. I can't control the the suppressing of the running back market. Uh, I just simply can't do that. So all I can do is be in the moment and, and, and enjoy it. I hope he finds some joy out of this season and we see a happy, uh, you know, go lucky and Toro, like he's the freaking bull dude. That's he's mm-hmm. the guy, right? Like mm-hmm. the, we love JK here and uh, shoot. I just want to see him happy out there playing football and having fun. I don't want to, you know, I just hope that it works out for him and the Ravens because it works out for him. It works out for the Ravens ultimately. Right. So well, if he's healthy. I do he's going to ball. Is, yeah, I do think it is a something. I don't think it's a nothing, but I also don't think it's an everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. Would you? This is a random question. If you were an agent, would you ever suggest holding out to a guy? It would take me a lot if I were an agent to say, "Yeah, it's mm. probably a good idea to hold out." It would take me a hell of a lot. Well, if you're gonna hold out, you got to have first of all, you have to be elite, in my opinion. You have to be. Yeah. And I guess he's not holding out. Like, let me say that. Right? No, he's, he's not. not he's there. Out, yeah, but I will, you know, right. there was no video of him today. Like, we saw video of Gus doing some stuff. And maybe I'm just missing it. But I, I, I don't know. I just, like you said, I hope he's healthy. Because I think if he's healthy, Jimbo, he's going to show what he, you know, he's been wanting to show. He's going he's gonna to get off from a running standpoint. He's going to have way more opportunities to catch passes and make yards himself. In, in the passing game, I think he's going to absolutely ball out if he can stay healthy. And there's no reason to expect him not. I mean, this guy was running on half a leg last year. So it's like, yeah, you know, I, I think he's going to absolutely ball out. Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, Jimbo. That's all it is. Yeah, the, the other thing I'll say, too, is that everyone's talking about the wide receivers. Obviously, Lamar. But it it's very possible that JK ends up being our offensive player of the year. This dude between running and mm-hmm. his, his catching and in space ability, you know how much production this guy can have? Just like you're saying, he's absolutely going to ball out and he's so versatile. I mean, it's just about getting the kid in space, but it's not just about that. He's not reliant on that. He, we've seen in Greg Roma's offense, he can run right up the middle. He can run through any gap mm-hmm. and, and, and create for himself. So he's so stinking versatile. You know, he could be a dark horse candidate for the Ravens, you know, offensive MVP of the year, or just ultimately our most productive weapon offensively. It'll be, it's going to be really fun to see. So hopefully he's excited as we are to, to see him out there and hopefully he's healthy ultimately. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. But let's move on the, to the receivers who apparently showed out today. What I what I was reading, uh, let's see, Jonah Schaefer from the Baltimore Banner tweeted out that Nelson Aguilar, Devin DuVernay, and Isaiah Likely were the ones who showed and flashed the most on offense. And we've been hearing that a lot more about Nelson Aguilar in particular. And part of that is the opportunity, right? He's had more opportunity than some of these other guys, seeing as though he's been there the last couple, and most of the guys have either not been there or not been participating if they were. So he's also I, been the only one down there that I've seen pictures of with Lamar. Right? That's true. As of pictures? yet, yep. am I missing something? No, I, that's all I've seen is is so early uh, now, chemistry counts for something. It certainly does. It doesn't hurt to to get that done early, but uh, I I think that more people will be pictured with Lamar Jackson in Florida in the next month when we have this lull period before training camp. But you're right. Nelson did get a, a head start on everybody else by by meeting up with him earlier and running some drills. Was that the ones where they were in the sand running routes? Was that that one? Not that I remember. I remember them being on field. Okay. I think the sand, no, that was um, Tyler Huntley and Nelson Aguilar. Ah, good point. Good point. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. And then also, I wanted to ask you, um, well, I guess we, unless you have something else you want to talk about with Nelson, I, I did want to get your point, your your take on the, the situation right now with Kevin Zeitler. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Adam Schefter tweets out that although uh, Kevin Zeitler did show up and to be a participant in mandatory mining camp, he is still in search and need of a new contract. He did not participate in the voluntary portion of the OTAs. And I, most people just chalk this up of him being a veteran and not seeing the necessity, but maybe there's more to it. So what do you think about Zeitler saying, you know what, maybe I deserve an extension and, you know, nobody likes playing on a, the final year of a contract, right? So what, what do you think about, his feelings on that, and do you think the Ravens should go to him and offer him an extension? All right, so um, the Ravens should be proactive about an extension with with Zeitler. Absolutely, I guarantee. I, I man, Kevin Zeitler, his agent has to have the easiest job in the world. He doesn't seem to me like he's the guy that's. This is just my perception. No inside information. I don't see Kevin Zeitler as the guy that's banging on the desk like like uh, Big Slow uh, or, or Orlando Brown Jr. saying, I want to be the highest paid tackle or I want to be the highest paid guard in his scenario or whatever. I just think he wants the money he deserves. And with that in mind, look at his previous deal. It wasn't that crazy. Like, we got a steal with Zeitler. And I think, sure, maybe you got to pay him some more. But Zeitler's proven that he's reliable availability is everything. He's consistent and he's a prolific player at his position. If there's somebody you got to pay outside Lamar Jackson, gosh, dang it. You got to pay Kevin Zeitler, get it done. Like, I don't understand what, you know what I mean? I, you got to, you got to get this one done. If, if this one doesn't get worked out, it would be a huge surprise to me. Got to get this one done. What about, so look, the, most people expect Voorhees to be the starting guard next year at, Left guard, if I remember correctly, he was a left guard. And some are saying that right okay. guard, it's supposed to be Ben Cleveland's time. I mean, so you think, because if you're paying Zeitler, that means you're letting Ben Cleveland, you're done, you know, you're kind of giving up, on, at least, because unless you can get him to sign as an extension 
as a backup, then he's likely going to go elsewhere to try and earn a starting role. So what, what exact, I mean, I, I'm with you. Cause look, he started all 32 of his games as a Raven. Like Zeitler to me, I would yeah. love it, but I just wonder how the Ravens view paying their offensive line. They obviously weren't going to pay Ben powers. They let him leave. They're already paying Stanley. So do you believe that they, they, you know, believe in paying one of their guards and, and not going with a younger, more inexpensive option? Well, let me say this. What happened with the younger guy in Marshall Yonda who got paid? Well, Marshall got paid. Yeah. Mar Marshall got paid, not Grubbs, yeah. right? No, no, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying that he's Marshall, right? Like, and But certainly Ben Cleveland ain't Grubbs. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? It just So my point is or that. Or Coleccio Semlin yeah, for that. I, I don't care about his age at this time. Yeah, there you go, right? So so ultimately, I think you, you – how many years is he wanting in an extension? Give him a, a two-year that's really a one-year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like you got to get give the known commodity, the guy that's done nothing to show up and show out with every opportunity he's been given the the money. You can't give the guy you can't give the guy that has a, a you know the, uh, coming out of the the bus in Ben Cleveland, but is made of glass. Like he can't stay on the field. So I I obviously want to keep Cleveland, but if you have to choose between the two and it's one or the other. I don't care about Zeitler's age. I want him for the next two years than the prospect of Ben Cleveland. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. It's a, certainly a known commodity, a guy who always is at his post. He never, you know, he never misses a game, and and certainly is uh, dedicated to his craft, as we saw from his time of practicing his uh, his his technique while his wife was giving birth. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> this guy is certainly dedicated right. to his craft. Um, but yeah, interesting to see, but respect the professionalism and that he still showed up for the mandatory portions isn't, you know, completely holding out. Uh, after all, he is still under contract being paid millions of dollars. So I do appreciate his level of professionalism as he continues to negotiate. Yeah. Um, but surprised it even got out. You know what I mean? I guess his agent is, is probably the, you know, kind of the responsible, oh, excuse me, responsible party there. Yeah. That's not Kevin's thing. He's not, no. I don't even know if he has social media. I think his wife just does all that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I would guess. Um, you know. that's how, that's how I would roll it. You know, roll it. I, I, I'm not, you know, me, Jimbo, that stuff would be scary. As yeah, an I ain't athlete, touching that. The stuff you would yeah, read I'm about not, yourself. Oh yeah. I'm not doing any of that, dude. Forget all that, man. It'd be, no way. Be, not a chance. It, you got enough to deal with. Now other guys that were apparently camp stand, uh, standouts today, Jimbo, and one name might not be a surprise, but I think the other one's a bit of a surprise. Uh, Ajabo and Owe were both apparently standouts today in practice. Now, it's hard to know mm -hmm. what they were exactly asked to do or able to do in this setting, but apparently with 11-11s, they stood out. And so what I would gather is that if they're going to stand out, this is just how I look at it. If they're going to stand out in this scenario, you can't be too physical. So how could one stand out from the edge position without being overly physical? And I would guess it's by showing great burst and get off the line because speed is something that was – or speed hasn't been the problem, but the quickness and get off has been always kind of Achilles' heel all the way back since he was at Penn State because it's like, how's he run 4-3 speed, but he's not the quickest – you know, he can't get around the edge. <laughs> so I think a lot of that was his inability to get off the ball quick. 
where Ajabo excels at that. So, one second here. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, well, something was in my in my throat there. Sorry, Jimbo. But if Ajabo can can pick up where he left off and have that get off uh, that that helped him get around tackles at Michigan and to in the last game against uh, Cincy, then maybe. Owe can get that get off matched with his with his top end speed that we already know is four three at two seventy. Then holy smokes, they could have a race to the quarterback, Jimbo. Glenn, you know what this note means to me today? Absolutely nothing. About a pile of rocks. Nothing. <laughs> oh, man, you're nothing already giving up on Owe. Look. It, it, no, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. But what I will tell you is that at this point, nothing means anything to me until Sunday. For Owe. Not for a Jabo who, you know, is still trying to prove himself. He's only played in one game. But, like, we need to see it done on the field. And, look, I sh I'm not here to knock Owe either because one of the greatest moments that I think that we've seen in live football history was an Adafe Owe play at the Chiefs yes. game. Yes. Like, what an incredible moment to get through, to slip through, knock the ball out, and then recover it with one hand. Yeah. Like, freakish stuff, right? But if God sees some consistent production, that's when I want to talk about Adafi Owe. I'm happy to talk about David Ajabo, but I am just there with Adafi where it's like, dude, let's get it done on the field. Let's go, right? It's like no one talks about LeBron until the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't. You, you just like the you know the I mean? Ravens like, uh, after nineteen. It was like, it was like kind of like, well, it doesn't matter what they do in this in the regular season of twenty because they just lit the world on fire in nineteen and came up short in the playoffs. So really, the only redemption story possible is in the playoffs. But I want to ask you a quick question about Oway's development and just tell me what you think. This and this might be hard because we're not in the we're, we we never played professional football, but I wonder. How much having a teammate that you get along with so well? Apparently, they like almost live together when they uh, in the off season as they continue to train. How much do you think having a teammate who's such a good friend, who plays the same position, who you can push each other daily, to, like who hold you can, you kind of look at him as like he's building, like he's putting a standard up, and then he can look back at you and like he's setting a standard. Like, how much do you think that can accelerate the and kind of lessen that learning curve for Adafe? knowing that he's got a Jabo right there next to him. Yeah, I think that that is huge and a huge advantage to him. It's funny because the same thing happens. You go out, like, I'll go out, with a, I'll go out on a run with a friend and it'll be like a conversational pace. That'll be the plan, right? And then, like, four miles in, everyone gets quiet because one of the other mm -hmm. people, you know, you're trying to drop your friend and leave him behind, right? Like, you just, <laughs> you start getting competitive, you know what I mean? Like, neither of you are talking anymore. There's no more conversational right. pace, right? Because you're, just like you said, there's that, you know, there's this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And you see yeah. a chink over here and you're like, ah, yep. I got him, right? Yep. Like, type thing. So, yeah, I do think that's a huge advantage for him. Uh, and, and I hope that they're a positive influence on one another. So, look, if there's something to hold on to, that's one of the things you can hold on to and say, all right, we're expecting big things from Adafe. He's been working really hard with David. They've been pushing each other. Uh, and that, that's definitely a positive spin. I'm not, like I said, I'm not here to be negative. Look, Adafe is also, he's still a really young, like, mm -hmm. like, like uh, natural age. He's, he's very, he's a young guy. And he still didn't play a ton of football as a kid. It's not like, 
you know, we're drafting a 28 year old that we've already seen his peak, right? Like there's still a lot of runway there, Mm -hmm. but I just get, I get, I get nervous and Adafi looks like the guy stepping off the bus, but he doesn't always produce. And so I'm just, I'm like, you know what? I got to wait to see it out there, but I agree with you. This can be a huge advantage for Adafi Mm Owe for both of them. You know what it reminds me of Jimbo? It reminds me of remember back in the draft, Two of the biggest risers and and draft like where, where their stock just went through the roof were Adafe Owe and Micah Parsons, and they both credited each other in pushing each other and and how that forty yard dash, how they were both just trying to beat each other's times, and we saw an incredible combine and draft leader performance by Adafe Owe, and I got to imagine that part of that was because Micah Parsons was right there next to him and pushing him every single day. And we saw the freak numbers that both those guys put up. And so this just kind of got me thinking like, man, it reminds me of that. And if we can get, if they got that mm-hmm. kind of performance under those scenario with, with, you know, with that as their you know objective, the draft, the combine, then man, I, I don't know. I was just starting to get a little excited there, Jimbo. Hey, I'm with you. And I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll get on the, the, the positivity and the optim, the optimism train with Adafi. I'll hop on. Because we've seen the flashes. It's almost one of those things when you know a guy. I think I've said this before. I used to have a, I don't know if I have. I used to have a teammate, my favorite teammate, the best person I've ever seen play soccer, Me. lace up some shoes. Oh. Incredible soccer player. Not Glenn. <laughs> but but an incredible player. The hell? Uh, he, he, <laughs> he used to say to me when I would make a mistake, he used to say, you're better than that. Like you're simply better than that, right? Because so that's the thing with Adopt is like we've seen him be good, like excellent, right? And so that's why it hurts when you see him not maintain that same level of play. Yeah. If we had never seen it, it's like now you're just teasing us. It's like yeah. you know what I mean. So so anyway, that's that's always my hang up. I just want to see it on Sundays, man, for sure. I want to see it on Sundays. Now you might have talked about this, but I want to ask a question back to you. Uh, once again, while I was going through my technical difficulties, but I also, outside of Nelson Aguilar, I also heard that Isaiah likely was another standout. Uh, now yeah. we're waiting to hear because of Kadri's bold prediction. We're waiting to hear Charlie Kohler's name, but do you get excited uh, when you're hearing about Isaiah likely and what visions do you have for him in this offense? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, the reason we heard a lot about him today is because Mark Andrews wasn't doing a ton of uh, team participation. And so that's probably why uh, we heard yeah. a lot about him. But uh, as far as this season, I think he has a chance to play a huge, a huge, huge role. I, I don't think he's going to put up like gaudy, crazy numbers, but I think he's going to be, he's going to be the kind of guy that picks up the, like big first downs. He get like a sneaky, like five touchdowns this year like I, I think he's he's the kind of guy that when the defense is going all right it's third down I gotta and who's on the field all right I gotta look I see OBJ over there Zay's over there I got ba- man I gotta make sure Mark doesn't get off so Isaiah's gonna end up with like the fourth or fifth best defender or like he'll be the defense's fourth or fifth like uh, like object of their attention so I just think he's gonna benefit on just yeah. the the guys around him making his job so much easier. And then the coaches, I think, are fully equipped to take advantage of his unique skill set. I think he is unique in his ability with the ball in his hands at his size and his position. 
Mark Andrews is is fantastic with the ball, but he does it in a more traditional tight end way. He looks like more he, he beast, you know, just ah getting through people. Uh, I mean, yeah. he's fast, but he just he's huge and he'll just run through tackles. Whereas this guy Isaiah is so unique. He's got wiggle at, at tight end, like ha ha. He put one on you. I I just think that that Munkin's got to be licking his chops, going man, this this is a weapon that I have that I can just put up. Good luck guarding him with what with a with a cover linebacker. Good luck. Good luck guarding him with a safety. Heck no. And then you put a little tiny corner on him, a little four or five, the your fourth or your nickel or your dime. Heck no. They're gonna be too small. So I think this guy is an opportunity to make the most of maybe not a ton of targets, but maybe a little bit limited comparison to those around him, but to make the most of them and to turn them into big plays. Again, wouldn't be shocked to see him get five touchdowns this year at all, Jimbo. Mm, I like it. Yeah, I'm excited about Isaiah as well. And I really hope Munkin does a – I think he will. But I think he – I hope he does a better job at utilizing the depth chart at tight end, being that, you know, it shouldn't be feast, so much feast or famine for a guy like that. Sure, maybe he's not your number one option, but I think there's still ways for him to get the ball and to expose the defense based on you know everything that you just explained. So I'm looking forward to him uh, moving forward. And, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to some maturation from him as a blocker, as a route runner. But like you said, as soon as he gets the ball in his hands, man, mm. whoo, he is uh, electric. That is, uh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's from the first preseason game, you saw it. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, he's just he's a wiggle. A he's the unique wiggle. Right. Yeah, and then and also Jimbo, people keep talking about the six receiver spot, which we're gonna do. A, you know, we're gonna do probably an individual video just talking about the the individual camp battles. But they, everyone talks about the six receiver spot and going. You know, well, they signed Laquan Treadwell. That means that, that they're looking for a bigger body in that six spot. And it may make sense if you just look at the receiving core and you go, well, there's not a whole lot of six foot plus on this roster. Uh, as far as those top five guys who are guaranteed stone cold locks, in my opinion, but then you you gotta you gotta always keep your eye on that tight end room because it's like they don't need their six receiver to be a big guy because they got three pass catching monsters in the tight end room that can be absolutely used as your sixth big big receiver. You know he doesn't. It, I'm just saying that not everyone everyone's focus on it's got to be Treadwell. I hope it's Demas, but they're saying it's got to be Demas. It's got to be this. It doesn't have to be anybody because they got big pass catching tight ends that could fill the big receiver role if need be. Yeah, and it's not like they have one; they have three. Yeah. So you know, it's you know what I mean. It's not like oh well, yeah, we got Mark, but you know, you got Kohler who's sixty eight thousand feet tall, and then and then of course, likely just like you mentioned, just like you mentioned, uh, so that's going to be exciting. Are there any? Is there anything on the defensive side of the ball outside of obviously Owe and Adafe? That that got you excited and kind of you know perked you up a little bit today. Well, uh, I mean, Ajabo and Adafi, yeah, but also apparently Rocky Sin and Adarius Washington was a standout today. And and I got it's yeah. Look, I got to get your take on this because it's while it, on the outset uh, it looks like well safety they're fine. You know, they just got Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams is paid, and I think we all believe in him. And they still have Brandon Stevens, and they still have Geno Stone, who I think played very well in the absence of Marcus Williams last season. And while there's still question marks around Stevens, he at least has ton of, had a ton of snaps. This guy's toughness. He's got grit. We know things about him. 
but they they obviously were entertaining Adrian Amos for a reason. You know, some people say, well, that's to allow Kyle Hamilton to slide back in that role we saw him play last season, which he was so successful at. So it's pretty clear they think they still need something in the, in the safety position. And then I see today that Ardarius Washington is showing out. So does that, because I look at Ardarius Washington as, and I hate to say it, Ardarius, no shot to make the team. That's how I looked at it because I look. It's such a crowded room. What do you, What do you think when you see Ardarius is is having a good game? Do you think there's any avenue for him making this active roster? One thing, yeah. So one thing always sticks in my mind about Ardarius Washington when he's healthy, and it's the same thing that the guest that we had on. He was one of our favorite guests. Super energy. You know, he was an undrafted yeah. safety, played safety. Love art. Loved Ardarius. He th- he said that who was his running mate? Was that McKinney? That was the guy that was drafted high, the safety next to uh, him at TCU. Nah, you know who McKinney, I'm talking but, about, though, right? Yeah. Oh, it's driving me and, crazy. And he said that Ardarius was just as talented, right? Um, yeah. So, so one thing that that stands. Oh, Mo Rig, Mo Rig. Yes, DK knows. Everything. I know. She's a whiz. So Trayvon, one right? That, was it Trayvon Mo Rig? Or? I'm not even gonna guess first name. Um, but the thing that stands out to me is that that I've seen that the that our guest mentioned is that he just a knack for the football. He just does. You remember? I think it was his very first preseason game. Um, I think he he had he caused the fumble or he recovered a fumble. And then I just feel like when he's healthy, he he has this thing for being around the football. Some guys have it, some mm-hmm. don't. Some make the plays and some don't. And that could be his saving grace is, I guess, what I'm saying. So I think that when you make plays, when you have PBUs, interceptions, under any scenario, if you're lining up against NFL players, like even if it is in a situation like today, I think that goes a long way because there's not a ton of guys that can do it. Right? There's just simply not. Uh, so yeah. – yeah, I think that that's his avenue. He's got to keep making plays on the football. Uh, so that that's what I would say is a shot. Does he have a great shot? No, I agree with you. Uh, but I would give him a little more of a shot maybe than maybe than you, just based on that ability that he's shown historically to be around the football, man. Yeah, no, no doubt. You start getting your hands on the ball, you'll start getting some coaches to notice you. I just wonder if they could ever trust – like, how could they – the only way he gets out on the field, like, in, in a bigger expanded role is if he shows out in the preseason and he's tested enough to do so. Like, I think the problem is safety is if you're not tested in live play, like, then how could they ever know if they can trust a guy who's so undersized to to handle a ball that's thrown up? You know, just if they just decide to throw it up and test him, how can they know if he hasn't been tested in preseason – Maybe you get that in the joint practices with the commanders, which I think will be huge. And maybe you can then make a point to have that take place. You can say, look, we're putting you out there for this reason. But um, it's it just it's it sucks when you're in when you're in a safety position, you may not get the opportunity to show, hey, look, coach, I can do it in that scenario. Uh, I just need more looks at it. So, you know, we'll we'll kind of yeah, see what he does. Point. But um also in the back end, it said Rocky Sin had a big day. Because and, and this is important to me because in my opinion, yeah, edge is needed. Wide receiver, sure. If you want to, if you want to, you know, tell me that Hopkins, okay, I wouldn't be disappointed if I saw Hopkins sign. But to me, corner is still the biggest area of need. So I'm loving the fact that Rocky Sin was a standout yeah. today because I think I just get these images in my head like, what if something were to happen to Marlon? Knock on wood. If something were to happen to Marlon, it's like. 
Oh, I get real nervous looking at that room. So how are you as uh, looking at this cornerback room as as a big of a need as I am? Because to me, it's still a huge area of need. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But I think, um, I'm going to hope that Eric DaCosta, we've kind of talked about this before, that he learned from last year when Bateman went down. And to try and avoid having situations like that in every You can't Imagine overcome though? your guy. Okay, there we yeah, go. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. You, yeah. Okay. So what I was saying start. is that I'm hoping that Eric that Eric learns from that 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 Bateman situation last year when he went down, and how it was just so difficult to overcome that injury. Uh, I'm hopeful that I don't think we're done. I agree with you. It's the most needy position group. I just don't think we're done there. I think Eric makes uh, some other moves there. You think it's Marcus Peters on the return? I hope so, man. I want Peters back so bad, Glenn. Like, I love Marcus Peters, man. I don't care about the beef. I don't care about any of that. Marcus plays defense. In high school, they wouldn't even ride on the same bus. It would be an offensive bus and a defensive bus. Who cares? Who cares? Let's just go win football games, right? Like, I want Peters back. Yeah, until he's signed by anybody else, I'm still thinking he's coming back. Until I see him put... Uh, that that until I see that headline across my phone, I'm not buying that he's not coming back. He's coming back. He'll be here because, like you said, Jimbo, there's no way. Like he had Eric DaCosta has got has had to have learned from Bateman's injury last year and how that just destroyed the receiver room. It would be devastating. I mean, I hate to say it, but look, Rocky Sin hasn't had a squeaky clean <laughs> career either. And goodness gracious, if both of those guys get get injured at some point, which is not obscene to think two of your top six corners or five corners were to get hurt for a stretch, I'm not saying for the whole, then oh my goodness, it would be an absolute disaster. They have got yeah. to add someone. It doesn't have to be Peters, but it has to be someone who's had quality and a quality amount of starts. This has This can't be some... Guy who you're taking a chance on, and now this has got to be a guy who we've seen has done it and done it at a high level because he's going to be relied upon to be a starter, in my opinion, not just uh, you know a, a backup role. Uh-uh. This guy's going to be on the field a lot, so bring him back, bring Marcus back. That's right. We're starting the campaign. Bring him back uh, now. I, we're getting further in the show, so I, we haven't talked about it a ton. I want to get some, some for you know the last bit of the show. I want to get some key takeaways from the pressers today. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't have a ton from John. I mean, I, I watched him, and just typical John, like coach talks. The only thing I got from John was that I think he's being very cautious with the usage of his of his guys that are coming off injury and his vets and stuff like that. And he's being he seems to be a little more public about that than previous to where. You know, I, I feel like before everyone's talked about how, look, John, when he practices, it's physical, it's fast, you know, it's all those things. But I think he's doing a bit of a good job at calibrating is what mm -hmm. I'll say. And he kind of talked a little bit about that today. But was there anything from John that you kind of hung on to that you took note of? Well, the only thing that really was of note that he spoke about was the injury concerns. Um, yeah. You know, he, he made the, he broke the news about Rashad Bateman and the quarter zone shot and that. Um, he thinks he'll, you know, be back to, but, but really he didn't say a ton that, you know, he wasn't asked a ton, honestly, but, uh, he didn't say anything that really surprised me or that was noteworthy outside the, just the injury updates. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully that all. I mean, you know, we didn't talk about that a ton. Hopefully that all works out for Bateman and mm-hmm. and uh, you know he can get through that. It's just a a pain thing, I guess, at this point because that kind of helps the pain a bit. But um, hopefully he gets through that. Uh, all right, well let's move on to the next one. Let's see after him uh, before OB. Well, Metabike, oh, Justin Metabike, right? Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. He's. I like listening to, to him talk uh, up at the presser. I thought he did a really good job. He looked bigger. Like, he looked more jacked than uh, even last year, which these guys always been huge. But, I mean, he looked he looked huge. Absolutely huge. And then what was noteworthy of, of hearing him is when I, I did hear he was asked, had he, uh, you know, had he had the opportunity to work with Chuck Smith, um, in this, you know, the, the pass rush guru that they brought in primarily, you thought to work with the edge and the, the you know, the primary pass rushers, but no, Metabike said they've, they've all had an opportunity to work with Chuck Smith and that, you know, the one thing he said is that the mm-hmm. whole D line has to have a rushing plan together. This isn't like one guy has a plan. Then this guy has a plan that got, this is a, a rushing plan by the entire your defensive line, including those on the inside. And I loved hearing it. I, I, I loved hearing that he's still in development at uh, learning his signature pass rush move. Like Chuck Smith said, every player on this team will have by the end of camp, a signature move. Uh, he talked about, um, you know, how important the rip is and that Chuck will always say, no matter how good the pass rush move is, if you don't end it with a rip, uh, then he's going to call you out. So I love that Chuck Smith's, presence is being felt all up and down the defensive line and I'm all for it because I can you can feed me pressure rates and you can feed me this and that I know one thing getting to the damn quarterback and getting him on the ground with the ball in his hands is what matters most because they can say pressure this pressure that I see all these damn ESPN stats uh Pat Mahomes when pressured nine for nine in this game for 380 yards and three touchdowns it's like pressures are great, but get the damn guy on the ground. So I loved, I loved hearing that Chucky Smith was everywhere. Yeah, and you, I don't know if there's anyone in the Hall of Fame that got in for a high pressure rate. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, that's pressure rate in NFL history. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. No, nah, it doesn't really work that way, right? So, yeah, I agree with you, and and I think Metavike has the right mentality. He reminded me he's 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 seems to have adopted the Marshall Yonda mentality of just keeping your head down, and going to work, um, and and I think that's really important in the in the space he's at in his career, where he's still trying to learn. He's at, he's at a he's at a contract year, and so I'm expecting big things out of him, um, and I'm hoping that the extra size helps him on the inside you know, where, where there's some, you know, obviously there's some big boys, but you're absorbing a lot of contact. Um, but also that he keeps his quickness and strength. Um, so I'm looking for that. But the other thing too, I wanted to talk about OBJ's um, in, er, uh, presser was he just, he, OBJ was kind of funny today because there wasn't a ton of energy. Like he's kind of, you know, he's kind of relaxed and, and still getting the lay of the land and, and getting to know folks. And, you know, kind of like you were talking about before, you know, it's a bit of an orientation period. Um, but I loved hearing him talk about Lamar and how excited he is to play with Lamar Jackson and this being, you know, the reason why he why he's, why he's, why he came here. And then I also liked when Cliff Brown talked about or asked him about the knee, what he said about, you know, I just like being able to get up and run whenever I want and uh, not feeling any pain when I get up in the morning, get out of bed. Uh, those are huge things, right? Because until you get to this point, can you truly progress as a football player, right? 
You know what I mean? I, before it's just all recovery, but now we got him at a chance where he's not focused on recovery anymore. He's focused on progressing as a player, getting stronger, getting faster, learning the offense. It's not just get your knee healthy. So overall, I mean, I'm I'm stoked about Odell Beckham and and really looking forward to what he can do in this offense, man. Yeah, it seems like he really understands his role here. It seems much more. He seems just every time I hear him talking, just like he's much more mature than the me, the national media would have led you to believe he is. Like he, he just seems like he's just he's ready to be the vet in the room. He talked about having some of his teammates, you know, said that they you remember watching them back when they were in grade school and and how you know kind of different that is being the veteran in the room and and uh, what what he expects to get out of mini camp and and you know why. You know what? What? What he thinks he can learn and gain from being this in this this small little camp, and and then also this next month. You know how big this next month is, and and I, what I loved hearing the most, of course, is that he's going to have the opportunity to work with Lamar during this next month. If the expectation is that they'll they'll uh, I think can be in Florida and then maybe Arizona, if I remember correctly, that he said, but definitely going to be meeting in Florida uh, for some some workouts, which is nice to hear. I think everybody will be happy to hear that. I wonder if it's just going to be Lamar and and uh, and Odell, or is it going to be a full complement of his pass catchers, or maybe just a portion of the pass catchers? It's kind of a wait and see game there. But it's nice to to hear that he'll be working out with his with his quarterback and hopefully building chemistry and already have that down before they even uh, get to camp so they can hit the ground running, Jimbo. Yeah, I'm with you there, 100. percent In fact, I think it's going to be all of them. Look, Lamar, Lamar, you got the bag. If the guys don't want to pay for their flights or their stay down, just pay, bring them down, like put them up and feed them some good food. But you know, you got the spot down there and uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, have fun playing some ball. You know, well, he don't have to pay the, the way of, of uh, I think was, was it two years ago? I... No. See, no, Jimbo, not Mark, not OBJ. I mean, spot. who does? No, you're good. I mean, yeah, he doesn't have to, but um, ultimately, you know, you got the bag. If you have to, you got to do what you got to do. Get the nice place rented, get a sweet hotel, whatever you got to do. Just get them down there, Lamar. Like it'll be worth it in the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he asked, he was asked about uh, DeAndre Hopkins and he talked about how they'd been working out in Arizona. And he said before the draft, they joked about being, you know, joining forces on the Ravens. Uh, what I didn't think we got your full thoughts because you were out last week, uh, with the contract disagreement. But uh, what were your thoughts on if they still should entertain bringing in DeAndre Hopkins or not? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm at the point where I think we have other signings that are of higher priority. We talked about we talked about J.K. Dobbins. We need money for J.K. We talked about Meta B.K. We talked about Kevin Zeitler and there are other guys that we're missing. I'm at the point where if he comes in great, but not at the expense of two guys that are coming off rookie deals that we've already had here. So it just depends on what the numbers are for me. Um, I don't think we need him. I think we got plenty. Uh, would he be nice to have yet? Yes. Um, I don't think it's a need. I think he ends up in new England. Yeah, he's taking, I think, a two-day visit uh, with them. He had a, a great visit with Tennessee. He visited early on with Houston. So he's definitely making his rounds, feeling the love, I'm sure being courted, uh, like much of like how he was back when he was coming out of high school 
and, and, and entered in the college world. I'm sure he was courted and shown the life of a king. I'm sure he is now as well. But I, I will be interested to see if he does make an official visit to Baltimore uh, because if he gets a visit here, I'm sure the expectation will be he does not leave the building without a contract being signed. Uh, but I guess uh, we'll have to see if any leaks get out and uh, you know see if he ends up making a trip. But I, I, I don't think – I don't see them making that effort. I think they're going to go after a more needy position like cornerback or edge. Uh, but it was interesting to hear Odell say that they joked about teaming up here uh, just a couple months ago. Yeah, it'll, it'll be – Fun to see. We'll definitely be on DeAndre uh, Hopkins' watch. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anything else from today? Uh, anything we missed, Jimbo? You want to throw out there? No, I'm 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 excited to be back, man. I miss talking Ravens. Uh, I think my wife was tired of hearing me talk about the Ravens uh, during a vacation because I didn't have a you know I didn't have a place to do that. So uh, glad to be back. Appreciate you uh, holding it down where you're gone. You did an excellent job. I, I, I watched a decent part, uh, portion of the shows. Um, and, uh, I thought you did a great job and obviously DK and Cordell did as well. So shout out to you guys, but, uh, yeah, man, I think that's it for us tonight. Obviously we'll be back on Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, and looking forward to it. That's it for us. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody. We'll talk on Thursday. See ya. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.